0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Central Virginia Sport Performance Podcast. As always, my name is Jay DeMeo, and I am super excited to be able to catch up with my good buddy from across the pond today, Hank Krasenhoff. Hank, it's great to see you, brother.
1: Jay, good to see you after a long time. (laughs) Yeah, man. Even
0: better, as, you know, we're going to get to here. More excited to be actually be able to see you face-to-face coming up here April 29th and 30th up in Pittsburgh, PA. For the first edition of the seminar Pittsburgh, really excited to have you as part of that, Bud.
1: Absolutely, I'm excited as well. It has been too long, and uh, I always uh, enjoyed uh, being around you, and uh, being around the people that uh, that are motivated, that are driven, that are eager, that are curious, uh, like your group. Uh, I probably told you before, but but your meeting at the, uh, in 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 uh, Richmond is is. Uh, well, one of the best, no, probably the best seminars I've ever attended uh, as a speaker and as a attendant. Uh, so, yeah, and I've been around the block uh, from China to uh, Australia to lectures everywhere, but yours is definitely uh, well, organization-wise and the whole atmosphere—it was perfect. So I hope Pittsburgh will uh, be the same. Well. Wow.
0: Big shoes to fill Todd hammer. If you heard that, you know, the the people at union fitness, we're we're coming in hot now after what Hank just said. So, but no, but I, you know, before we get into all of that stuff, I mean, I think what's really cool is what you been up to? Like what's been going on? What, what in the coaching world has Hank been doing?
1: Yeah, but um, uh, basically uh, coaching wise, I took a sabbatical after all for uh, 14 years. Uh, I've seen it all. I've done it all that I wanted to do. Maybe I could do more, but that I wanted to do. And uh, then I started coaching again uh, in 2018, starting coaching the daughter of uh, one of my former athletes, just for fun, as a matter of fact. And uh, soon after, I got an invitation to come to Kazakhstan as a coach. Now, Kazakhstan, try to find it on the map. It's easy because it's a huge country with not too many people. It's a beautiful country and it has a good history of sport. It has many... uh, many Olympic champions as well. Although at that time it was a uh, part of the Soviet Union, now they're independent and uh, want to increase the level of sports independent of the, of the former Soviet Union status. So they're working hard on that. Uh, I had the privilege to work with a former Olympic champion in triple jump, olga Ripakova. She was Olympic champion in 2012 and some other elite athletes so I traveled back and forth between Holland and Kazakhstan. I spent quite some time there. Different, uh, different experience, I must say, uh, different uh, culture, mainly based on the former, on the knowledge and the experience of the former Soviet Union, of course. That was the education of the coaches uh, there. Many female coaches, though, uh, at least 50% of the coaches is uh, female, open strength and conditioning in any sport. So I think that's, uh, that's uh, a good thing. Um, so, I'm in the process, I think, of going back of setting up the coaches' education for track and field you know, for athletics in, uh, in Kazakhstan. And meanwhile, I just had time to uh, work uh, and, uh, and, and study, like always, come up with many, I find interesting things. Maybe you think different, but I, I found quite a lot of interesting things, thanks to the information sources in Kazakhstan as well. So... That's what I've been up to, and I'm on the track still every day with my athlete, or with in contact with my athletes in Kazakhstan on a daily basis.
0: Well, let's get a couple things out of the way real quick. First of all, Nelly's not just any athlete. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Nelly, Nelly. No,
1: no, no. It's it's not. Yeah, that's true. Nelly used to be uh, twice world champion and world record holder in a sixty meter dash. In the 1980s and 90s her daughter is a gifted athlete but uh, I, I would almost say jokingly unfortunately too smart to be a very good athlete you know you shouldn't be too smart uh, she's an extremely intelligent uh, young lady very motivated also and uh, well if you coach the mother and the daughter i think in my future i will always coach uh, coach the the children of uh, what her name her name is Ronel, also her children so i coached uh, three generations there but she has to hurry up a little bit you know and so, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the grandmother the mother and the daughter that would be that would be cool
0: yeah and then i think that you know you having that opportunity in kazakhstan has, has been really cool because it's allowed you to to do kind of like hank things you know like be being- absolutely A new place, finding new like ways that they do things, both like not just training and and things athletics related, but when it comes to foods and nutrition and supplementation and different things that they have growing there that are like helpful, maybe or not, and then it allows Hank to be kind of Hank the scientist, I think is really cool.
1: Absolutely. I know you know the supplement Mumio probably. Mumio, well, well, yeah, known somebody from, from told the me about recently. that when
0: I had my, uh, my knee surgery.
1: Hey, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> the Mumio. Okay. Well I, well, I, normally you buy it in a little, uh, in capsules or whatever form. And I had, uh, the, the pleasure to be able to find it in, in nature. You know, there's black goy stuff or stuff from the, from the, uh, like, uh, like chewing gum, um, uh, coming from the mountains the mountain tears is the other name of, of it so i had the pleasure to go into the countryside deep into the countryside and uh, find it in some hidden spots you know it's not something you buy in a shop it's something you can find in nature so the raw mumio and uh, see the whole process or i'm using it quite a lot as a matter of fact
0: yeah yeah i uh i was making what's it called pure black or pure black Pure black, uh, yes. Yep, putting it in hot water, stirring it up like a tea every morning. And it was Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't know if that was, you know, the magic cure or what, but it you know, knock on wood, knee still bending and extended at this point. So I can't be too disappointed in the results that we got with it.
1: No, you, you never know, you know, but the research has been done already in Russia uh, in the 1960s, uh, 70s and 80s. Of course, it's in the Russian language at the time, and it was kind of not uh, kind of confidential at the time. It was a kind of Russian state secret for the athletes and astronauts and and, and uh, sick people. But they did, they did the test, uh, you know, the placebo group and the experimental group. So they know on on uh, they sad to tell but they broke the bones of rats and mice and then some mice they gave the mumio and other mice they didn't give it and of course you could see that the ones who got the mumio healed uh uh, two or three times faster than than the other one so the research has been done that that you're not going to do it all over again
0: yeah that's that's only
1: one of the things you know also Mm -hmm. the fact that you live in a that you coach in a country where, unfortunately, I don't know in Fahrenheit, but the temperatures can be forty degrees Celsius in summer, which is scorching hot, and minus fifty degrees in, uh, in in winter, which is really, really, really cold. I mean, you have to go to Alaska, Canada, to experience that kind of cold. So, in summer you're in Florida, and in winter you're in Alaska. So basically, that's the that's the that's the comparison.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, you'd probably want to do the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> you probably want to have the winters in Florida, and the summers in Alaska, when it comes to training for the backfield.
1: Yes, absolutely, but there there the, the, the wasn't much choice. But of course, when you have a winter of so cold there for 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 six months, then you should have good indoor facilities, which all its pros and cons of working in the facility. And um, well, working with athletes, I used to work with sprinters mainly, and I worked with many other sports. But this time, I had a, a girl who was doing the triple jump, so I had to find out and and develop new exercises especially for her for a triple jump so that was a challenge to come up with well new exercises and new exercise methodology for that event
0: yeah and then i think the other cool thing with all of that is this uh this new project that you've got going where you're running the education for you know these younger up-and-coming coaches and for the entire staff that they have out there working with these people that you know again, have, have had success in really the not-so-distant past and yeah. can help, you know, really drive the next level of athletes through helping coaches be better.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's good to have a new generation of coaches uh, coming up. The, the average age of the coaches is, I must say, pretty old. Though the old coaches uh, educated in the Soviet system from the 1970s, 80s, and 90s. So they're... Uh, Almost my age, so they're really old. And um, well, the experience, and don't forget that Kazakhstan is, they say, well, we're in the middle of, of between Europe and Asia. In reality, they're far away from Europe and they're far away from Asia. So they're quite isolated. So they're thinking about training and coaching and methodology is, well, didn't develop because now, of course, there's internet and everything, but it used to be limited. So try to expand their knowledge a little bit. And at least, uh, I try to, to help.
0: Yeah. You know, but I think the one thing that's really cool with all of this is, you know, having Hank running the education and development for international coaches is it's almost like, I don't know this, this phrase I heard once it, helping the best to get better.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That somebody told me when I tried to answer the question, What do you do? And I couldn't come up with the answer because I, I have a wide scope of uh, activities and interest. So I said, Well, basically, what you do is helping the best to get better. And then in all aspects, it could be CEOs, it could be special forces operators, it could be athletes, it, uh, it could be a performing artists, you know, people who are on television every day. So yeah, helping the best to get better. I think that's a nice uh, expression. It covers it all.
0: Yeah. And I think if you put .com yeah. at the end of it, it would be a great website.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it could be. <laughs> yeah. And for those of you that don't get the joke, go ahead and hit pause, open up yeah. your, your internet app and type helpingthebestgetbetter.com and it'll take you to Hank's website where you're going to find a lot of really awesome, mind-provoking blog posts and, and information that he shares on the regular. Uh, it's, it's really, really good stuff. And, you know, it's just a testament to what you're doing, man. And, it, and I'm fired up to have you back here. I'm fired up that you've got these opportunities. This is really cool. I think that, and I don't know if there's anybody that I would, I would be more excited to hear them building a curriculum right now than than you because i think that there's going to be so many unique things Mm -hmm. you know with what you're putting together to help coaches uh you know that i hope they understand what they're getting in for
1: Uh, i hope so too (laughs) but they can't promise anything (laughs) yeah no doubt no doubt
0: well listen let's Let's get to the big three here and start talking about some stuff when it comes around the seminar here, man. But first, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by Eccentric. Eccentric is the world leader in flywheel technology, and this year is celebrating 10 years of being just that. The addition of the Eccentric K-Box and K-Pulley to both our return to sport and general physical preparation programs have had immense positive effects on our athletes. For more information or check out the awesome catalog of products that Eccentric provides, hop on over to Eccentric.com today and make sure you let them know that c sent you. All right. So, Hank, you know, the big three, we, we've asked these of everybody. You've actually answered these twice. So I'm interested to see how these answers maybe have changed in the in the time that we've known each other. But before we get, you know, going into the rest, Let's talk a little bit about some mistakes you see made in the performance world, right? You know, whether it be in America or around the world, because you've been, mm-hmm. you know, to China and, and back and, and all over Europe and Asia. So, yeah. what are some of these things that you see that, you know, maybe we can correct and, and how do you feel like we could correct some of these issues?
1: Well, first of all, uh, I don't think the word mistake is really appropriate. It's only a mistake when when the reason, you can only say afterwards if things are a mistake. I always used to be an um, like examiner of uh, courses and classes, and then people came up with had to make a training program for an athlete or for a team sport. And on paper, it looked fantastic, but then no mistakes there according to the book. But in reality, it didn't work. They never produced any decent athlete or the team always uh, failed miserably. On the other hand, I've seen very simple programs I uh, said, dude, this is too simple to be true. This cannot work, and work perfect. And as coaches so that, that whose approach you might call a mistake or an error, and, and in the end, they produce World Champions and Olympic Champions. So you can always, the, the, the proof is in the pudding, as the, as the British uh, say. The, the real proof is, is, do the people have results or not? Of course, there's other factors involved. There's a luck factor. There's a talent and genetic factor. There's excellent coaches who never uh, get a real talent in their hands because they live in an isolated country, isolated place, and nobody wants to go there. So even if their thoughts are, are correct, and even if their programs are perfect, they don't bring the elite athletes that that everybody wants to bring. But that is another course. So you have to take that into account as well. Now, if you look at, uh, of course, the last two, three years also, uh, further develop my thinking about what, what could we improve? Uh, it's not that things are going so bad, but what pisses me off that things could be so much better. Uh, like I spoke a little bit over Kazakhstan that they were isolated and didn't have much information. Now for most coaches, they're having too much information at hand. They have uh, the internet and especially of course, during uh, the, the COVID lockdown and so what so what do you do? google and find thing, things and look at the uh, podcast and look you got so much information there's an overload of information so in the end you don't you're suffering from uh, the stress of choosing who's right you know so don't only listen to the stories because what coaches and in sports we're very good in selling ourselves you know if an athlete succeeds it was of course according to the plan that i developed uh, three four years ago my plan perfectly worked out if you would have asked me three four years ago i wouldn't have a have a clue so the plan developed afterwards not uh, before before i was just doing something and i was just lucky and afterwards it was this perfectly organized and structured plan that i had i came up with that with that in, in retrospect so people are very good and coaches in in uh self, especially from uh, from from the u.s it's uh, it's uh it's it's, it's a powerhouse in sports and the most olympic medals come from the us that's number one number two sports is very popular they have very very good coaches but uh the uh, the, the problem here is the, the 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 flip side of this coin is that um we tend to believe everything they say N- there's no country in the world where so many fitness gurus come from gurus people that you believe people have a, a very sharp approach and everything else is like okay kind of stupid they are right they have a, a monopoly on, on on being right all the time and some of them never coached a decent athlete in their lives and they're the gurus the second one you see is uh because everybody is looking for especially in the fitness industry for a, a kind of a niche something they uh, nobody else can 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 do something something they're very good at and they're the specialist the expert a specialist and of course that's killing everything because number one uh they focus only on one and try to sell it as being the uh, the most important factor in in performance and it just isn't and uh well there's many examples of that uh uh and the third thing is that that where does our information come from? And I even wrote a, a blog post about where where does our, our information as coaches come from? It mainly comes from uh, the fitness industry, and the word industry tells you that there is hardly any personal attention, no tailor-made program. It's an industry, an industry that is that is targeted towards getting people in your gym. Well, and it started all the way back from let me say Jane Fonda, bundles of steel. To Taibo, Reebok, up all the fitness trends uh, come from fitness. And fitness is just to get the average Joe to get fitter. Uh, and that seems to be an easy task, or maybe not. <laughs> I don't see the fitness of the average American increase in the last uh, last uh, thirty years. So that, that's harder, <laughs> probably harder than I think it is. Um, but not towards the training of elite athletes. Because elite athletes are genetic freaks, are exceptions, are rare people. And what applies to the average Joe might not apply to the average uh, person. It also brings back a fourth point, is lack of critical thinking. Lack of critical thinking. Uh, and lack of. with that comes also lack of respect for what happened in the past. And something, okay, it's very important to have core stability. No, okay. So we have, you can engage athletes uh, for many, many hours with core stability only. Core stability is millions of exercises for core stability. Enter a gym or a physical therapy practice. Now you see people working on core stability with unstable uh, loads and on, on, on balls and everything, surfaces, everything. You ask yourself, how would people who didn't even know what core stability is, how could they perform that well in the past? Many Olympic champions, world record holders still didn't even know what core stability was. So was the core stability already okay before they performed so well, or was it just lousy core stability and core stability has nothing to do with their performances? look at injury prevention we have never seen so many injuries and it's increasing every year with two or three percent of people getting injured despite all our efforts to work on prevention like stability is what one says uh, a good tool to to work on injury prevention so the critical thinking and i'm pretty critical i must say Uh, i'm trying to be self-critical as well and always uh, doubt myself and what i say now might not be true or might be completely ridiculous in 10 years from now so it has a, a limited value the expiry date of my sayings and my thoughts and my concepts uh, well how long is it uh, In 10 years from now things because there's knowledge and there's experience uh, that increases all the time so those are four important things i think critical thinking with the guru's, the critical thinking uh, uh, went out the door, out of the door. It's it's over out of the window. It's, it's It's like, yeah, but you know, this guy said he wrote three books about it. He said uh, that uh, this isn't true. So um, people think, okay, yeah. does he have the right to say that? Why does he say that? Is it really true? Are you sure this is true? What are your own experiences? So people, gurus are there to be followed. And I don't follow any guru. I just read and uh, everything, I listen to them. But there is always a, a, a filter of criticism. Uh, I would call it uh, normal, logical thinking. I'm not overwhelmed by somebody come up with, with a great uh, concept. Uh, today, I got an email interesting by a guy who said, yeah, uh, a movie star and another athlete and myself are using this great machine it's a vibration platform it's a boost your energy it will burn your fat uh, dude in 2002 i wrote a book about it and i kind of was critical about it as, <laughs> as well I, I want to say there's a, 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 a sucker born every minute And there's a cookbook on every hour to take care of 60 suckers. Uh, Being presented old shit, being presented as new. Why? Because people have no idea of history what happened 10 or 20 years ago. They live by the internet. And everything that's older than two years is already old and not worth knowing. And this is the biggest threat for young coaches. So that's in a nutshell four things that I encountered in the, in the in the past in general. In of course, it doesn't apply to everybody. There's uh, people who are studying day and now to experiment who are very critical also. But it's just in general where I think there's a lot of improvement to be made for, for coaches. Be critical, also critical about whatever I say. I try to back it up with data, with results, with uh, more than stories. But you always keep an eye uh, open and respect The opinion of other people uh, as well, because they might have much better result than I have. So who am I to say, this is my uh, truth? This might be my truth and not somebody else's.
0: No, 100%, man. I think that the biggest thing with that critical thinking idea is to be mostly critical of your own thoughts. I think that that's probably the biggest lesson that I've learned professionally throughout these two years is like, kind of being the hermit and hiding by myself when it comes to the work that I do with, with the, the teams I get to work with, kind of put me in a box and, um, you know, bring it in a team of people to, I don't know, kind of snap me back to reality and be like, Uh uh you know, there's, uh, we could do this instead And, and allowing yourself to, to be wrong well maybe Mm -hmm. wrong is wrong the the incorrect term allow yourself to be influenced Mm -hmm. by people around you and to listen to different you know points of view I think are really kind of lost arts and and you know we've talked about this and you've talked about this uh in particular like you know it's, it's kind of like coaching FOMO right in the the, the fear of having to get everything done and we got to do like almost like coaches would rather do more than win Yeah. We'd rather outwork teams and beat them in a yeah. sense, obviously like it's not really what we want to do, but yeah. in a sense, like just for our egos and our kind of feeling of safety and self-worth. So being able to sit there with a group and be like, let's tear this apart and, you know, rebuild the building can be challenging.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely true. Absolutely true. Well, coaching is a balancing act. Like many things, coaching is a balancing act. Let's say in technical sense between conditioning, technical, tactical, mental. Conditioning between strength and endurance. Con- uh, strength between explosive strength and maximum strength. Endurance between aerobic and anaerobic. So everything in in, in-, uh, in-, in the formal sense of coaching is already a balancing act. But also the balancing act between having the self-confidence and to... Stand up and say what you think, and have an opinion about your own training methodology, about your own program. You know why you do this, but also uh, you can be isolate, uh, isolated and get into a tunnel vision. Falling in love—the worst mistake you can make is falling in love with your own system. Think you know it all now, and that's what you see. Uh, the coach, the coaches, find out something, have a, have a methodology developed, and they have an athlete and it works and wow this is great this is good oh hey this is the way to go and they go this way and they have more success and then they think well basically this is the best way to go one step further it's the only way to go and the last step this is the only way to go everybody else is an idiot so always prevent that you fall in love with your own system Always, you should be your own worst critic as a matter of uh, fact, and that, that helps you doubting, not doubting that you don't know what the hell to do. Of course, you always have a, have a, have a plan and you know why you do it, but also do where can I improve myself? Where can I get better? And that's what not too many people do. They do it because somebody else tells them there's no inner voice. We don't listen to our inner voice anymore.
0: <clears throat> well, I think that's a great lead into the second one. And before you get me going and talking about the inner voices in my head, uh, we should probably <laughs> jump over to that one here really quick. Uh, but no, I, I think that, you know, Hank, when we're looking at all this stuff, right, as, as a guy who is, is putting together educational things and has been helping coaches grow and develop and, and has been open to sharing and been really candid in what he sees and thinks and has learned, uh, I think that, you know, your point of view on this is really important. So when we look at coaches in general, piggybacking what you know you were just saying what advice would you give a coach to, to help improve their knowledge you know along the lines of continuing education and and those sort of things especially if you see people or you talk with people that are, are maybe in a rut
1: uh, yeah it's um basically educate yourself uh, on a on a wide area of uh, of uh, if you look at the, the all the coaches and uh, the sports scientists in former days they weren't specialists they knew a lot of one specific topic but besides that they had a uh, i would say uh, a torchlight view on a lot of topics uh, as well sometimes they come from completely other fields than sports I remember one of my mentors, Camila Bosco, studied cultural history, I think, in the past. That's something else than being a sports scientist and knowing everything about explosive things, muscle fibers, jumping power. You come from a completely different field. So educate yourself to know more about the mental part, about nutrition supplementation, about biomechanics, about biochemistry, about psychology. Educate yourself. That's a wide base, and it helps you to become a better coach. The wider the base, the higher the peak. It's like a pyramid, and some people are like the Tower of Pisa. You know, the the tower that's uh, standing this way, the Tower of Pisa, very tall, but it's about to fall down because there's a, the foundation is uh, is kind of uh, small and uh, and weak, so it's it's leaning over, it's about to fall, and the pyramid will never fall down because it has a solid base, a solid background, and also what is important, not only the external, but also no about yourself, who you are, how you are perceived by your athletes, how your colleagues uh, think about you, how your superiors, or it's this all around view on on yourself, knowing who you are. That's a matter of kind of wisdom that comes with the years uh, also. That's uh, that's something at 20, you don't have a clue who you are and probably don't want to (laughs) know. There's just a few things in your mind that you want to do. Um, but when you get older, some, some, uh, some, some wisdom and some experience in life is abs- absolutely uh, necessary. Uh, in 14 years of uh, taking this sabbatical and not coaching athletes uh, on a daily basis anymore, just helping some athletes, but not being on the track, uh, I, uh, it was, for me, interesting to see if I uh, lost it or lost interest in coaching maybe, because I had a perfect life, uh, yeah, going coming to Richmond and speaking yeah, <laughs> the seminar, doing all of these things, writing books. It was perfect. So would I still be interested in coaching and being on the track? And uh, if you look at my Instagram, you see on the track yesterday, boy, I was so wet on the track. It rained. It poured. It was unbelievable. So I think, what am I doing here? I have an age that I shouldn't be doing this anymore uh, or not. Yes, I still want to do it. My motivation is uh, unbroken, but also I learned a lot more. I'm not as probably sharp, and and, and I wouldn't call it sharp, but as um, not eager. Uh, Maybe, I think, two seconds longer before I open my mouth and before I just opened it and sometimes I stepped on the wrong toes, or especially people who are in charge, the bureaucrats, the federations, and now I just uh, wait one second longer before I open my mouth. Now, a <laughs> kind of uh, more quiet, even if you don't notice, uh, inside uh, more quiet, not as going through the, walking through the wall if I had to, I still do it, but <laughs> I wait, <laughs> take a longer approach to go through the wall to, to, to get to my goals with my uh, my athletes, I still fight for them. I still so in 14 years, nothing, uh, but a certain wisdom. Stepping back, what have I done? Where do I come from? Where am I now? And where am I going? Those are three important points as well for young coaches. Where do you come from? So where are you now? Are you where you want to be? Are you fed up with your job? Or are you, do the how is how is the rest of your life? Are you paying a price for leading this life? Uh, are you paying a price health-wise, socially, family? Uh, many coaches have been traveling for many days and Well, in the end, they end up in, 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 fam- in family trouble, like many people do, because they're so focused on what they have. So that's something that you also learn uh, throughout the, the years, because there's more to life than coaching. It's the most important thing, but there's more to it. So you better yep. th- start thinking about it when you're young.
0: Oh, yeah. And I think that the hard part is you don't see that when you're young.
1: No, you always figure things out when it's too late. This is the problem of human nature. You know, you figure out you're on the wrong track when your athletes uh, are not performing well. But that mistake has been made three months before when you didn't see it, when you thought, hey, this is going great. This is going, I'm such a good coach. And then they fail miserably. And then that mistake has been made before. So always... Well, try to plan ahead, let me say.
0: <laughs> no doubt, man. No, I'm 100% with you there. Yeah. Well, listen, Hank, this is great. This is awesome stuff as always, but let me get you out of here with this, buddy. The third. And one question that I think that people are going to be super excited to hear. Yeah. When they roll into Pittsburgh this April, what should they expect from Hank at the seminar? Okay. yeah, uh,
1: um, I always try to come up with something new they haven't heard before, because I, I don't like to... I like the road less traveled. Oh, it's a, a beautiful poem. And uh, some people like to follow others through the road that has been traveled a lot and blindly follow the gurus. I like to think and, and experience and come up with new stuff that they haven't been told before. Because a couple of weeks ago, I gave a presentation for a physical therapist And uh, I started PowerPoints completely, like most of the time, by the way, from from scratch. There's no picture, no graph, no uh, sentence that I have used before. It was completely new from scratch because I've never told it before. So I hope that people will be surprised in a positive sense about uh, the the things they will uh, hear, that they learn something. And more important uh, also is that they not only learn something in theory, but they will think about it, let it sink in a little bit, and start working about it. Because it, it might be a little bit conflicting or contrary to what they used to do or to what they know. So uh, if that uh, I can do that, then, then uh, my task is already uh, accomplished. But I promise it will be something uh, good and, uh, and new. And uh, I still have a couple of months to go, right?
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. And I'm sure so, that. There'll be new things
1: uh, in the time in the in the meanwhile. Believe me,
0: hundred <laughs> well, percent. And I'm sure, as always, bud, it's going to be something that is going to have people lined up with a couple of soda pops in their hand to say, "Here, this one's on me." Now, let's talk about a couple questions I have based on what you what you talked hey, about. And I think that's perfect. the best part of it. Yeah.
1: absolutely. I'll be ready and available uh, in the hotel or whenever, whenever you t- uh, see me, talk to me. Only when you see me sleepwalking in the middle of the night in the, in the hallways of the hotel, <laughs> <laughs> don't expect a decent answer from my side, but uh, normally you can talk to me. And uh, well, I hope to uh, drink a few good uh, IPAs with you again. I never rem- uh, never forget that those meetings and the best oh, things. Yeah. Yes. In- indeed. The best things of a seminar like yours and also like a seminar organized myself, are the things that are, that, the ability to ask questions face to face, the questions that aren't answered during the presentation, because it's only a generalized and compressed uh, form of information for basically everybody to take something. But there are always some special things that I didn't address, and you can always ask me anytime. You can always write me or mail me anytime anyway. You know, I'm always, uh, this is an important part of my task, education of my colleagues.
0: Yeah, man. Hey. Great to see you. Stoked yeah. to get you back in the States, man. This is going to be a blast. Okay. <laughs> 29th and 30th. and uh, Okay. I'm sure we'll be in touch yeah. soon, buddy. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome, Jay. Okay. Do well. And yeah. uh, looking forward. Oh Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs>